0: Hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Dark Art Society podcast. I'm your host, Chet Zarr. Um, Let's see, episode, I don't even remember, 222, maybe, I think. Yeah, 222. This week, I interview Jeremy Schott from the Dark Art Emporium. We had a really great conversation. Jeremy is a super cool guy, really nice uh, he's doing a great job with that gallery. I love that gallery. And it was great catching up with him and finding his backstory, out, finding out about his backstory. And uh, yeah, it's a great interview. Jeremy's one of those people I I met. Um, I felt like I've known him before. And that sounds weird. But you ever meet people where you like just click right away and it's like, oh, seems like I've always known that guy. He's one of those guys. Um, so yeah, that's coming up really great interview, super fun, easygoing, good, good interview. And here's the other thing I'm recording this on video because I have zoom. Now I got the, uh, a paid zoom account, um, for my, uh, mentorships where I, uh, advise artists on their careers and techniques and all that. Um, so I'm starting to use that for the podcast as well. And, I'm thinking maybe of going to video podcasts and offering it as an audio podcast and as a video podcast. We have the, um, all of the, I have all of the old episodes and I need to just put a, like a, a card, uh, an, an image, an image so that it can be posted to YouTube. Cause I just, I want to have the podcast on YouTube. I've been wanting to do it. One of the many things I have to do. Oh my God, the list of things I have to do is, it's ridiculous. I'm not going to be out of this mess I'm in until 2023, maybe. Oh, it's so much stuff. So much stuff, but you know, you don't want to hear me complain. I'm not complaining, but man, <laughs> you make a decision. You make a decision, like doing this dystopia book. And you, and you just don't know what you're doing. And then it fucks like five years up of your life. And uh, there's the only way out is just finish it. And uh, I just hope it's going to be worth it. I mean, I know the book is great and I think everyone's going to, I know everyone's going to be happy with the book. That's for sure. But man, it really did a number on me. It really uh, has been something. God. Oh my God. Oh my God. That's all I can say. Um, I mean, uh, uh, uh you know, I've, I've still got to fulfill rewards. I've still got to sign books and ship them all once I get the books and that's like 900 books. Sheesh. I got to make a Ouija board reward. I got, oh, I got so much to do. Okay. I'm not going to get into that. Um, so that's pretty much the update. I'm just trying to, to my as far as my, my, my art life update, um, I went to the Copro show opening um, last this Saturday. It was um, Dave LeBeau and uh, Jason Lamone, who's been on the podcast, and uh, Vanessa Lemon, who's been on the podcast. And it was really a great show. Really great day. I met Dave. Um, super nice guy. Uh, uh, I'm going to have him on the podcast too. He's a really good painter, really great. Um, and so it was cool meeting him. It was great seeing the show. Um, Vanessa's show was really kind of blew my mind. It was, it was just hit the right spot for me. It was so, um, a lot more abstract than the stuff she normally does, but really kind of like sublime. I know it's a cheesy art word to use, but it really was. I was just like, man, I want to get there. I want to, I want to, I want to get to that place. But as Gabe and I was Gabe Leonard went with me to the show and, and like, we always talk, it's like the grass is always greener. You're always envious of other artists, no matter how good you are or how much you have your own thing going just the way it is. So, but anyway, it was super inspiring. All the work was all three shows were inspiring. I love Jason's stuff and like Dave's stuff as well. Really, really solid show. So you could check it out at copro, um, coprogallery.com to see the preview. But if you can get to the show, it's always better to see it in person. Um, damn, I never I don't have a way to. That's the other thing. I'm not used to recording these on Zoom. I don't have a way to time. I have to manually time it. My other thing had like a timer. So I don't know how long I'm going. So I'm probably just going to wing it. Uh, Well, it should be a quick one anyway, because there are no new subscribers this month or this week. Um, There's a few deletions. (laughs) If you want to join though, you can go to patreon.com slash dark art society and join for a dollar and support the movement, support the show. All that stuff. Be part of the community on Facebook and elsewhere. And uh, if you want to go to mine, I have one too: pa- Patreon.com/slash/ChetZar, where I'm doing tutorials and posts all the time, time lapses, all kinds of stuff. See if there's anything else. Um, I think that's it. I think that's it. Other than moving to Zoom, trying this on Zoom, and maybe going to a video format, I guess you know, let me know what you think. If you hear this, do you care if there's a video? I like video podcasts myself, but, um, a lot of people listen while they work and they don't really need the video element. And, uh, I've got, you you know, my, you'll, if you see, if I do end up making this into a video, which I'm not sure I'm going to have time to right now, it might have to come later, but, um, man, my background sucks. It's just my office and it's a mess. So If I do do go to a video format, I got to do something about the backdrop, like maybe do it from my studio or something. At least that's interesting to look at, or maybe just get like a black curtain to put up or in here or something, cover all this mess. Okay. Anyway, let's get on with why you're listening. You're not listening to hear me. You're listening to hear Jeremy Schott from the Dark Art Emporium and Here goes the interview. I hope you like it. And thanks for listening. Can you hear that? I can. Okay. Okay. Anyway, uh, what's up, Jeremy? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, how are you doing? Good. (laughs) Thanks for coming on the show.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me.
0: Been a long time. I've been wanting to have you on. So, uh, Yeah. Thanks. Uh, this is our first time doing zoom, which is exciting also. Um, so there might be video of this if for those of you listening, there should, yeah, there will be video if it records. Right. And I don't totally screw it up. So hopefully
1: I don't know. (laughs) Nobody, nobody wants to see my ugly face.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, I watch podcasts though on YouTube. I do. It is like, I am more likely to watch them when there's video for some reason. Like I don't listen to a lot of podcasts. I just, I don't know why. Um, I end up streaming everything on my TV next to my easel while I'm working. And I notice that if there's video, I do tend to, I am curious what people look like when they're talking for some reason. So.
1: Yeah. I, I I'll like when I've, whenever there's video, I usually hardly watch it, but I usually listen to like, like if I'm listening to a podcast, I'm usually driving.
0: Yeah. Or like, right.
1: Or like laying in bed, like, you know, as I'm going to bed or something.
0: Right.
1: You know. So I don't necessarily need the video.
0: Yeah. I Yeah, I know. It's been a, it's been a, it's been a back and forth on whether we should do video, but I don't know. I think about all the people that I interviewed on this show and I, and as a, like, as a fan, I think I would like to see them talking just out of curiosity, what they look like. So, so we'll see, we'll see how this one goes. This is our first one. Yeah. Jeremy shot. Yeah. <laughs> from Dark Art Emporium. so yeah, so you've got this amazing gallery in Long Beach, California, of all places, which is so weird to have a dark art gallery in Long Beach. But if you know Long Beach it's not that weird really <laughs> no <laughs> it's like when you think of, when you first hear Long Beach, it doesn't seem like a, a, a place where you'd have it. but then it's like I think from living in San Pedro, you know long Beach is is Long Beach is weird. It's kind of a weird place because he didn't used to have the pike yeah and that was like the creepy ass old my dad used to take me to the pike when i was really little they had like a you know tattoo parlor like a real tattoo parlor before any tattooing you know started in the mainstream and carnies and it was really dark and weird and old and creepy (laughs) yeah
1: no the. Actually, Outer Limits Tattoo Parlor. It's the oldest tattoo parlor, I think, on the West Coast. Oh, really? And it's still there. Um, Carrie Barba is running it now. Um, and I've actually, I did an art show with them a couple years back with all the different tattoo artists there.
0: Oh, wow. Um,
1: yeah. It's a cool spot. They have a tattoo museum in the tattoo parlor. So it's totally worth checking out.
0: Yeah. I, but is the Pike just gone? Everything the around pike, it's gone?
1: The an outlet mall. Oh, no. Yeah. It's an outlet mall with like hooters and, you know, with a gap. That's
0: that's Uh, worse. That's worse than if it was just torn down and there was nothing there. That's even worse. It's like insult. There
1: there is a cool spot up on Long Beach Boulevard called Loof's Light Align. And Loof, who um, started it, he designed like, what are they called? Like carousel uh, characters that you would ride on the carousel. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you go to that spot, it's up. It's like up up north more on Long Beach Boulevard, but they still have a museum there with like the old carousel rides. Oh, really? And then Light Align is this weird hybrid pinball bingo game that you can play there. I think it's like two bucks a game and you end up winning like $17 if you end up winning.
0: Wow. Um, So
1: we used to go up there every now and then too. Uh, It's a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. 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 It's Long Beach is just, it's like, it's kind of like an old, it's, it's got this, it's like an old sailor town kind of, which, you know, San Pedro was kind of like that too, but not as much as long beach was, it seems like, it seems like downtown long beach is more of a, uh, you know, a gritty, or at least it used to be, I don't know how it is now. I haven't been there. The only time I come down now is to go to one of your shows, but um, it's like, there was this kind of gritty sailor old school vibe down there. And uh, you know, Pedro was kind of like that when I was a kid, but um, I don't know, not long beach was, I'm not having to, I'm not describing it well, but it's like a, I don't know. There's it's, there's a darkness to, to it. That's how yeah. I feel. That's how long beach feels to me, but it's like, I kind of like it.
1: <laughs> yeah. I love long beach. It's yeah. a, a really cool, diverse, mm-hmm. just bizarre. Like I'm from, I grew up in Texas and I lived in Austin oh. uh, probably like five years before I moved out to California. And when I found long beach, it kind of reminds me of Austin because it's, Oh, really? It's weird. It's like a big little town.
0: Mm -hmm. It
1: was each other and it's weird. Right. Um, So I really I love it down here. It's a great. It's
0: It's cool. It's like it's like Pedro is kind of like got a a dark depressing vibe to it and Long Long Beach has kind of a dark feel to me, but it doesn't have that kind of depressing vibe that San Pedro has. And I don't know if that's just because I grew up there or not, but there's like a there's like a heaviness in pedro but long beach is like it's like it's kind of reminds me of the pike in a way it's like it's it's like a weird carnival it's like it's dark in, in the carnival sense old carny kind of sense but it's uh it's a it's funner and weirder yeah than, than like P- pedro where pedro is just kind of like depressing
1: <laughs> well, pedro, don't get me wrong pedro's coming up um pedro's yeah kinda- yeah Because Long Beach is getting, you know, gentrified and expensive now. So a lot of people are moving to Pedro. Actually, my band's playing on Friday in Pedro at this uh, bar called The Sardine. Oh, wow. A
0: really cool,
1: like, kind of divey. But, like, I don't know. Like, it's like a record store, music venue, bar. Like, Mm. it's a really cool hangout spot. Like, I wish it was in Long Beach because I'd be there all the time. (laughs) Really? Yeah, but driving over that bridge after two beers is pretty scary, you
0: know. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah my grandpa worked on that bridge. Yeah. He's, I got old super eight footage of him like hanging up in the in the sky working on the Vincent Thomas Bridge. It's crazy. But uh yeah, I think maybe I, I my hang ups about Pedro are a little are more personal maybe because it just it seems like pedro is this one of these places not that this is the pedro show or anything but since we're talking about it it's like one of those this it's so cut off from everything else it's very like it's insular and people like don't leave it yeah you know it's like people grow up and they stay there and i don't know anyway let's not talk about it anymore. (laughs) I could go off on on for a long time about it, but uh there's it's there's really cool parts of Pedro for sure. I mean there's there's a lot of good parts to it, definitely good aspects to it. Anyway, so okay, you grew up in Austin?
1: I grew up in Houston.
0: In Houston? Um, I would yeah, have never grew- thought you were like a Texas guy.
1: Yeah, I grew up in Houston and then I was enrolled at UT. Um I didn't actually go, but <laughs> that's what got me to Austin. Um, so I, I was in Austin. I found Sixth street like live music and, you know, the party scene at 21 years old. Like I didn't want to go to school. Right. And, you know, when in Texas is so damn hot, like, you know, you yeah. wake up, you wake up hungover. You don't want to walk those four blocks to get to class.
0: So, <laughs> Any excuse not to go.
1: Yeah. So I, uh, I kind of like kind of dropped out of, uh, college for a second and then, found my way here and went to Chapman film school and got a degree at Chapman film school.
0: Wow. Where's Chapman film school in orange. Oh, okay. Yeah. So what's your, how did you
1: like, fuck it. I'm not going back to Texas.
0: Really? (laughs) (laughs) How'd you end up in that, in, uh, orange County just from the film school or film school. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah. I wanted to go study film. Like since I was a kid, like film was always my thing. Um, and so I did that for a bit and got my degree doing that. And then, um, you know, did all kinds of freelance work, you know,
0: Did you make movies when you're a kid?
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's like little, like the, you know, the VHS or VCR or VHS camcorder. My folks had,
0: which, what, what size tape was it? How old are you? <laughs> that's that's, that's, that's I can tell your 40, age is
1: 41. So it was the, The VHSs. It was the
0: big VHS ones. Okay, because then, then they got we got the smaller. Remember, then they had the smaller tapes. (laughs) And it's
1: all cards and
0: yeah, yeah, Um... yeah.
1: We I'd make little horror movies with my sister. um, (laughs) My sister's six years younger, so you know I was like maybe ten, you know, and put a put a mask on with like an eyeball hanging out, you know, the woman who got hit by a truck. It was like a little like movie.
0: Wow, that's so similar to to myself. I used to do that too, um, but I'm like fourteen years older than you, so I was doing them on Super 8 film cameras. Yeah, and um, but that was my first thing before I before I got into makeup effects. I mean, it was art, you know, drawing and art first since I could stand up and walk, but um, and before probably, but that was my first uh, that and riding motorcycles, I guess, racing motorcycles, but the main, you know, the main creative outlet is like, I wanted to make movies. That was it. I found my dad's movie camera in a closet. And I just somehow, I don't know how I started, but I started making all these movies and, um, Oh man, it was so fun. And it's like, and then I got into effects when I was 12. And then I just never really went back to filmmaking, but it's like, I'm so I, I feel like I feel like now, like I could make a good movie just from this yeah. early, you know, from the fact that I'm a, a, a mo- huge movie fan. I just love film as a medium and I watch tons of movies and I learned how to edit and stuff when I was 10 years old, you know, cutting and taping the oh
1: yeah wow. film together and
0: stuff. Yeah. So it's like, I feel like it's it's in, in, embedded in me. So that's kind of one of my dreams to do one day, but that's a similar thing. We got aside from the dark love of dark art.
1: Yeah. Um, No, I, uh, you know, after college, I, I produced a feature film. Um,
0: What? Yeah. I didn't know this. What, what, what film is this?
1: It's called, she wants me. It's a romantic comedy. My buddy from college, Rob Margulies, he wrote and directed it. (laughs) I was an executive producer on it.
0: How did you get that gig?
1: It was just friends. It was friends and like we've just raised the money and made this movie. Like it's crazy. It says, I think it was like nine or ten years ago, because um, it says executive producer Jeremy shot and Charlie Sheen. Because we got Charlie Sheen.
0: Involved. <laughs>
1: wow. Yeah. It, started, like, it was one of those like, it's it's an okay film. Like it's not like I'm gonna tell you you have to go see it. Right? Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, we got all kinds of like we got Hillary Duff in it and Josh Gad was the star
0: um okay wait a minute i gotta read
1: i felt like
0: i'm i'm blown away here I, i'm gonna write this down because i have to see this what's it called again she wants me she wants me wow so it was, what was the budget for the movie
1: i think it ended up being like four hundred thousand dollars
0: oh wow super low budget
1: yeah it was a low budget um it was kind of like my foot in the door of trying to do that kind of stuff. And it also kind of made me realize I didn't really want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> yeah. Cause as executive, I mean, ex- I got executive producer title on, uh, I like to paint monsters because, you know, Mike directed it and he did, he did everything. And I kind of like just helped shape, shape it in the editing. And, and so, and it's like, I took such an active role and, and, you know, like, why don't we make this scene, you know, cut this out and do this and blah, blah, blah. Just helping to shape it in that way uh, that I was, I got executive producer credit because I was really kind of helping produce it at that point, yep. you know, so I'm, but an executive producer can be like someone who puts money in or someone who just helps out, especially in a low budget film. So it's like, what, what were, what was your main was, role just, in that? Everything. everything? Yeah.
1: <laughs> I put I ended up, I put some money in um we had some producers that just kind of like when the film was done like just kind of disappeared and then the <laughs> you know the lawyer called me he's like dude you can't put this movie out if you don't get these like signatures like these contracts right so basically had grad school making that movie like learning contracts and you know dealing with agents and management and all that stuff and it was a nightmare, man.
0: Yeah, like, it's it's a night. I don't. It's like I worked in the movie business for twenty plus years, and it's just like as much as I talk shit about it, it's amazing how any movie gets made. It's such yeah. a mess. It's a total chaotic mess, and the fact that something, you know, when something good gets made, it's a, it's like a miracle because when you see how things are shot, even the best organized financed film is still total chaos and changes and just craziness. Um, yeah,
1: no, it was the, it was a nightmare. I mean, it was definitely, like it was fun and I don't regret doing it, but you know, do I want to do it again? Like I always say, like <laughs> I'll, I'll probably make another movie at some point, but it's going to be like me and my buddies in the woods, like shooting a horror film.
0: Right. You know? That's what like, I always wa- wanted to do is like something to where you write it, just like evil dead or something where you write yeah. it. You you write it within your your means, a small single location with just a just a few actors, and yeah. uh, you know, kind of yeah. ta- tailor it to having no money. And I mean, look at my dinner with Andre. That's a great film, and it's like two guys sitting at a table. Yeah, you ever saw that one? But it's just like a yeah, conversation. of course, yeah, it's it's a great movie. I love that movie. Yeah. But uh, um,
1: I like movies that don't have a budget because it forces you to be more creative. Yeah. In- you know that's like evil dead like they didn't have oh, any my, money yeah we right gonna, let's put the let's tie a camera to a piece of board and just flip it through a window
0: you know? <laughs> right yeah i was just watching um i was watching i found this channel on youtube that does like horror movie reviews and they were talking about uh it was a uh, dawn of the dead uh, 1978 dawn of the dead and th- again that was like super low budget totally um i think 1.2 million they raised in it's 78 and it was just a bunch of people that all knew each other they're all kind of friends made this movie in pittsburgh it's like yeah turned out to be this amazing classic film same with night of the living dead it's like a hun- or like hundred and fourteen thousand dollar budget just a bunch of people start decided to make a movie on the weekends and they had equipment because they had a, a commercial an industrial film company They yeah. would make local Pittsburgh stuff. And it's like, I think,
1: it, I think Hall- the original Halloween was that too. Oh, right.
0: Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I just saw that on that, uh, Netflix series, um, mm-hmm. films. Yeah, it that was, made, made yeah. It's like 300,000 or something like that. It was just crazy. Anyway. Yeah. That would be, it would be, you know, even from 10 years ago, that, though, now making a film would be so much different. like what were you guys shooting on when you when you
1: i think the i think it was the red camera oh okay
0: wow but i mean
1: new hip thing
0: right but i bet you everything is so much easier to deal with now even with like a red camera just the technology and
1: i'm just thinking about like me with my digital cameras like you know you'd have to buy these p2 cards and you know you'd have to convert everything and now it's just plug and play you just pop it in and drag and drop
0: right know? right right it just does, still, it.
1: still do it every now and then you know for like like we'll do like little documentary series i haven't done one in a while i need to get back into it for like the artists that we're showing here mm. like I did david van Gogh and um yeah and uh cross and sap and stuff that, like that we'd make little like three minute like teaser videos
0: it's a great idea that's yeah. a great idea from a- you know a gallery perspective to like i can offer you this you show here i can offer you this and um uh uh it also helps to sell the artwork i think
1: yeah no it's a, i need to get back into it it's just as we've grown I just become so more busy than like finding the time and then showing artists that aren't local is it's kind of difficult to do that now too
0: right oh shit i just realized something what time do we start <laughs> My old way of recording has a timer. We so, start. <laughs> so we probably started like
1: 15 minutes ago, maybe? Yeah,
0: yeah. Okay. Sorry. There. Sorry. Sorry, everybody, for my lack of professionalism. Okay. So all right. I usually have like a little timer I'm able to watch when I do it through Skype. So <laughs> okay. Um so uh yeah. Okay, sorry. So bad, I'm so bad, so bad at this. I don't know why I'm. Okay, you'd think
1: yes. after 200 and some odd podcasts.
0: Well, if I was doing it on Skype like I normally do, it would be like, cool. yeah, just... <laughs> well, it's just.
1: Oh, I didn't. I don't know how to use Skype.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like I, I, I've been paying for a Skype account so that I could do this for like two months now, and I'm just having the time to figure out how to use it. So I figure uh, I did a little test with Gabe Leonard and i think i got it now but anyway okay so um I, i'm guessing you were interested in horror movies as a kid and stuff
1: oh yeah trauma trauma was my my bread and butter
0: you're a trauma guy okay yeah because,
1: oh, <laughs> <love laughs> my toxic avenger is probably <laughs> favorite movies of all time
0: wow okay yeah so those are that's like the whole see i came up on the generation before that like um Al, do you know Al Adamson? Just like sounds familiar. Pure shit, like it's uh, uh, Dracula versus Frankenstein. Um, okay, it's just the worst, the worst, and it's and it's stuff that would be on like you know a TV Saturday horror movie yeah. show on, on the weekends and stuff. And trauma was kind of like making low budget films while also satirizing them. Whereas yeah. these films were just made, the ones that I came up on were made by people with absolutely no talent, trying to just make money, making this piece of shit horror movie. And then it's like, you know, I, I imagine the uh, the tra- I forgot the tra- tra- Charles Kaufman or is the tra- that tra- yeah, tra- Trump?
1: Floyd.
0: Oh yeah, Charles Charlie Kaufman is the
1: yeah the other guy.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like he, he trauma movies are like you know. All, kind of intentionally bad, and, and yeah. I think he was probably inspired by these a lot of these bad movies that from the sixties and seventies. Um, but yeah, yeah just...
1: like, Tromo was a big influence. And then, like after I got into that, then I started finding Roger Corman films. Mm. And then, you know, like the fact that like Corman would make like a movie, like they would have the, the set, so he would do twelve hours. He'd shoot two movies at the same time. So right. they shoot twelve hours one movie and then flip the set because they still have the gear and then they shoot bring in a whole new crew, a whole <laughs> new everything, and shoot another twelve hours. Right. And do like, you know, I, like I wanna say like like the original Little Shop of Horrors was shot the same time as some other film. They just like swapped the sets back and forth.
0: Right, right. Yeah, I, yeah. There's
1: that like not having a budget and having to be creative exactly
0: cool yeah 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 roger corman made some it's funny because he made some really bad stuff but he actually made there's some like respectable roger corman films like oh yeah that that were taken seriously whereas the trauma stuff is just like you know no not no serious like roger nebert would never you know review Mm -hmm. toxic avenger or anything but it's like some of the Corman films, like there's, I think he did, there's like, uh, like The Pit and the Pendulum or something. Didn't he do that? Yeah. Which is kind so of did. like good <laughs> good movie for a low budget, he, like a good low yeah, budget he, film. He'd
1: love out every now and then.
0: What's that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he'd out every now what are some other good ones he did? He did some really, I'm blanking. Yeah, me too. Didn't he do like he did but isn't it it's like a it was so it was a weird he mix. You do like he would do Christopher
1: Lee movies I think too. I don't know if he was directing but he produced them.
0: Right, right. With
1: the uh, I think it was International Pictures was his Yeah, his yeah.
0: Movie. American International or Yeah.
1: Or, they would yeah. just make all kinds of crazy stuff.
0: Yeah, that was that that's kind of my one of my favorite uh <laughs> eras of film. Like but this. as he got
1: older too, like like I think in the like '80s, that's when he started doing like the ripoff, like oh well, Jurassic Park came out, or you know whatever it is. So we're going to make Carnosaur. I think right. that
0: was the 90s. yeah, yeah. Wasn't that that was a uh, Charlie Band full full moon pictures? I think. Oh, was that them? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I I worked on some Charles Band productions um, when when I was first starting out, some Cellar Dweller and. Uh... Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think
1: the other day, when we were talking the other day you mentioned that you did the blob
0: right yeah yeah i was like
1: oh shit i didn't know that so i, I think i looked up your credits I was like man like there was the first movie i can't remember the name of it what was it uh and oh, it was on your on your imdb and i was like man i want to see that because it looks <laughs> bad <laughs> like, but it looks like a kind of thing you to watch you know
0: there are so uh so many bad movies on my IMDB. It's it's actually a really kind of incomplete list. Um really kind of haphazard list. There's okay, I gotta see. The cave? No.
1: No. Norbit. It was, it was like Out of the Dark? I think that's what it was.
0: Transformations. Ooh, that was a bad one. Blood Salvage. Oh my god, what a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, there was a, a couple on there. was like, I didn't know, like I, I always forget that you did that in
0: Yeah, my previous like, life.
1: <clears throat> yeah. What was the name of it? It was like early.
0: This one's 88, out of the dark. Let's see. Oh, you worked on Freaked? Yeah, I did the Cowboy.
1: I love that movie.
0: Yeah, that's a good one, huh? <laughs> <laughs> that's a great movie. The Willies. Oh my God, that was bad. Uh, yeah, yeah. I did the uh, I did the cowboy. That was my character. There's like a cow man. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. That was a fun show.
1: No, I love that. That's one of my. It's another one of those movies that like doesn't get its. You know, people don't pay attention to it. and It's fantastic.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's it's a crazy movie too. Um,
1: I actually have a painting of what's his name, uh, the main character in that. Nick Caesar painted. A, an interpretation of that. I have that in my
0: house. Oh, really?
1: Yeah.
0: Awesome. Yeah, we we played hacky sack with on our break. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's all. He, he was just talking about partying. He was talking about like how much he loved doing drugs and partying, <laughs> 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 Mister. Like you know, because he he was always like say no to drugs. Oh uh, yeah. But he was just like talking about just. <laughs> people that work in the film industry are fucking nuts man I swear nope. you meet these people I uh, we did a uh, uh, on the blob we did a uh, Hoyt Hoyt Axton Hoyt Axton was going to be in it you know Hoyt Axton he was in the, he was the father in gremlins okay yeah yeah he was going to be the sheriff sheriff the sheriff in the blob and then he, I don't know if he died or if he just they didn't use him but he was wasted when he came in, man, to get his life cast. He was really cool, but he was like he was like looking through you. He was so yeah. fucked up on something drunk or something. <laughs> There's so many crazy people in that business. Yeah, um, like
1: when we did the uh when we did She Wants Me, like Charlie Sheen showed he had a bit part oh. in it. That's how we got him as the executive producer cuz he was it was during that whole like crazy, uh, tiger blood, that whole era of Charlie Sheen. So he just locked that girl in the closet in New York. And that was the headline at the time. And he was supposed to be on set the next day. (laughs) Is he going to show up? And then he shows up, you know, TMZ's all over the place.
0: Whoa.
1: Um, and he was, he was a total pro. Like as soon as like the cameras would roll, like he was on, but you know, like you do the, the walkthrough real quick and then he'd go outside and like smoke 10 cigarettes and then come back in and actually knock it out. <laughs> but I mean, you know, talking about nuts and the industry shit. Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah. This, it's, I mean, it's part of what is cool about the film industry is There's a lot of kind of crazy wild characters, I guess, you know, this is, if you think about it though, this is I just true in the arts in general. Cause I was thinking, you know, you know about bands, which we'll get into as well. It's like, uh, as a musician, it's like, there's all kinds of crazy fucking musicians too, that once you get into that oh, yeah. industry, they're just like crazy people in a good way and in a bad way. But, you know, I guess it's just a part of part, part of the, uh, uh, uh and the same in the art world, <laughs> you know, yeah, there's sure. like all kinds of crazy people in, in, in the arts. So, but that's why we love it. Um, yeah, you're a musician as well. Yep. Yep.
1: Yeah, I played bass in a couple of local bands, and then um, then I used to tour with bands doing video work. I'd do documentaries and them on them as well. Mm. So like you know, like I'm buddies with Cannibal Corpse, and like it was all mostly like death metal, heavy metal stuff that I was working with. Wow, like, Suicide Silence was my main gig. I toured with them all oh. over the world like twice. Which band? Suicide Silence. Oh, okay, they're like a kind of a younger death metal band from. Temecula I think or like um so I toured with them I went around the world twice with them um and wow they're still good friends of mine I actually was in Vegas with them on Halloween
0: wow Um, so how'd you get in that scene
1: uh their manager was a buddy of mine in college and you know he one day he was like hey you want to come to the show and hold a camera and shoot a video and I was like sure why not and it was like I was more like I grew up with punk like I'm not a metal guy until right I get
0: same here like same here
1: and then you know I walk in and this is like the most brutal death metal I've ever heard <laughs> and, and, and there's 14 year old kids like having the best time of their life and it's like when I was 14 like you know I was like screeching weasel like it was like Pop punk kind of stuff
0: right like, <laughs>
1: brutal <laughs> you know so
0: when did you uh, start playing in a band?
1: Well, when I was in high school, I played in a, a band, like I played guitar and sang and then and then it wasn't up until probably like fifteen years ago when I moved out here that I met up with some dudes and started playing stuff again. Um, I had a good friend who he had this idea of doing a doom. Like a doom metal band meets Eno Marconi. Mm-hmm. So the idea was it was like a Western sludge band. So oh, that's a cool do, idea. Yeah, we do projections and like kind of score the projections with our songs, and then the electric banjo was the lead instrument. Wow, <laughs> it's pretty. It's pretty neat. It's pretty fun. Um, so I played with them, and then from that we started doing a folk band, uh, Drunkard's Remorse, and it's more like kind of like Tom Waitsy. Oh, cool. It, like. Nick Cavey kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, and now those both bands we're kind of like not really doing much right now. And then I'm playing in a band right now called uh, car sex. <laughs> and, and it's just fun rock and roll. Like it's just silly fun rock and roll.
0: So you're just um, kind of doing it for fun. Yeah,
1: like- I'm not looking to become a right you know, a rock star. Like, I try, I tried,
0: at- I tried to do that for so long. Cause I was, I was in bands for, 10 years or something and i was really i mean i before i started painting that was the thing i thought i I was supposed to do because i love playing and writing and stuff um
1: it's it's a it's just a fun outlet you know
0: right but it's
1: get get sweaty and headbang you know
0: oh yeah it's so much fun to play so much fun to play live but man I, i i i Say this often. I'm so glad it didn't work out for me. Not, not only because the music industry took a shit, because that's like I, I was getting in right before the music industry took a shit. Like in the late '80s, it was like late '80s, early '90s is when I was trying, and um, the music industry basically fell apart <clears throat> right yep. after that. But even if it didn't, it sounds t- touring to me sounds miserable. Unless yeah. you're young and wild and you like to party maybe, but I'm just not that kind of guy. It just seems like it would be so some serious drudgery.
1: Yeah. That's kind of, that's, I mean, that's pretty much what happened with why the gallery exists is you? Know, I was, I was touring with them. I, you know, we were, I was traveling constantly. Like I was doing freelance work, touring with Suicide Silence Um other other stuff here and there pro wrestling i was shooting pro wrestling and like at one point i was on tour with suicide silence and they were opening for corn and i was holding the camera backstage like man i don't want to do this anymore you know you look at at like the 60 year old roadie that's like just haggard and like right that guy yeah like, it it's fun, but you know, I realized that that tour, I was like, man, I don't, I just want to go get in my bunk and go to sleep. Like, I right. don't want to, I don't want to party tonight. And that's when I knew I was like, I kind of need to get out of it and figure out something else to do.
0: Um, yeah, so. you got to be suited to that kind of work. I think, I think it takes a certain kind of person. And then you you hear about people, um, musicians that like John Entwistle, I know mean, oh, yeah, talking old school. It's like he used to do, he used to have do tours of his solo stuff, which he would lose money on, but he was like such a touring animal. He, he, that he wasn't happy unless he was on tour. It's like, some yeah. of these guys love it. Like it's, they're made for it, you know? Yeah. But I'm not. No, no, me neither. <laughs> I want to be home. All I want to be home at all times. <laughs> yeah.
1: I was in Vegas. We were just in Vegas last weekend with suicide silence. And, you know, I'm hanging out with them after the show and, like, you know, maybe like in a couple of years, like I'll go and do a real quick run with you guys just to get the taste again. But I don't want to like, it's not my full-time gig ever again.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's brutal. It's brutal.
1: Um, yeah. It hurts too much now. <laughs> yeah, <right.
0: laughs> yeah. And it just keeps getting more painful. Um. So, okay. Uh, so you, was film kind of like your creative outlet as a kid is this is is this something you started to? because that's young you're saying 10 years old that's pretty young just to, to get yeah, interested yeah. in something weird creative like that it's like a weird unusual thing so this yeah, was
1: film music was always is always been okay. my thing
0: film and music okay yeah yeah um
1: i mean i draw here and there when i was a kid mm-hmm. but you know like it would be like you know redrawing the Simpsons, you know right. like there's one thing I can draw and it's a, a dog pooping and a guy standing there watching the dog poop. And outside <laughs> of that, like I can't draw. So, <laughs> well I, it did I, I, I'm, down. I'm just gonna do a whole series of that one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well I mean it didn't capture you and and grab you the way that it does with people who that's what they're meant to do. You know it's like yeah. um uh so yeah, okay
1: I think that's why like I love art so much too is because like it's like a it's like a magic trick to me like yeah. like when I see these paintings on the walls and like watch guys live paint and stuff like I don't understand like how you guys can do that right it just it it just mind it blows my mind like yeah like I wish I could have that skill set, but you know, maybe someday, like I'll actually sit down and try it. But you know,
0: it's 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 one of the, the thing about like painting, especially, or really any any of these kind of visual arts like that, is that um, it takes so much. There's so much to know that you have to be completely obsessed about it to learn how to do it well. Yeah, because it's like if you're not obsessed with it. You'll just give up because it's too hard. It's hard to do, you know? And um, so you have to have that kind of inner passion that that drives you. But you know, the same could be said about filmmaking. You know, it's like I think uh, I think people have no clue what, what goes into making a, a good film or how to make a film or how it's even done. And uh I got into it so young as in makeup effects that I just took it all for granted because I watched I saw how films were made, and it's just like it seems natural to me. But most people see a movie; they don't have a clue that half the shots are shot at a totally different time and in a different location, yep. and then a reaction shot was shot three weeks later, and they did inserts. So and you know, at the end, yep. when, after the movie was made, what something wasn't working, they stuck it in there. And so it's like, uh, uh it's also a magic trick. It's like also a major magic trick. Oh, so, definitely. So you have it, okay? You've have you directed any like films, any short films, or anything? Not. I
1: mean, I did stuff in college. Um, I kind of got into like documentary work. Um, yeah, it was really what I did. So
0: I love documentaries.
1: I did documentaries on bands, like the record label would hire me to do documentaries. So I did like like the band Terror, the heavy ma- or not? Heavy, they're like a hardcore band. Terror. I did a, mm-hmm. a documentary on them. A bunch of stuff for Suicide Silence, like behind-the-scenes stuff of music videos. Mm -hmm. Directed a couple music videos, um, and but mostly it's it's mostly been live and documentary stuff. Is kind of where I excel.
0: Okay, Uh, yeah, I love. I mean, I love. I'm a huge documentary fan, man. I watch more document. I watch mostly document. I before I was. I remember when I was younger. I was like, I hated documentaries. I would. I love regular movies horror movies dramas yeah. comedies whatever and then and then it flipped when i started i started researching when mike was going to do this documentary about me i started watching documentaries and i just got hooked and, yeah. I, and I never went back i mean i still watch movies a little you know here and there but i guess yeah. it's, it's good for painting because you just put it up and sort of listen to it and...
1: yeah <laughs> yeah i love documentaries and there's so many creative ones too like like herzog is probably one of my favorite directors for herzog yeah. Mm-hmm. you know he kind of bounces between like the narrative and the like it's this weird amalgamation of both fiction and nonfiction. right at time. yeah yeah that's so cool and creative and you know
0: yeah he's super cool he's just like he's become like a, a I don't know what you call him a guy like he, just his voice <laughs> He's like yeah. a brand or something. You know what I yeah. mean? <laughs> he's like, like an Fitz, ic- icon, kind of
1: like his movie Fitzcarraldo, which is like one of my favorites. But like, you know, it's a fictional film, but like they really pulled an opera boat over a mountain.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah. 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 So oh,
1: like that's wild. Yeah. Movie. He's,
0: yeah. He's like the crazy f- obsessed filmmaker guy. Yeah. You know, that's just w- willing to do anything. I saw that. I think it's in My Best Fiend, that documentary yeah. about, um, that crazy motherfucker what uh, uh
1: klaus, kinski. klaus kinski i yeah.
0: think i think it's in that one where they talk about that whole thing and yeah. how the how the natives want to really wanted to kill uh, yeah they
1: wanted to kill kinski because <laughs> <laughs> he was an asshole he was, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah that dude was like you know he was an He's asshole like, but i think he was mentally he was ill probably- yeah. No, yeah. oh yeah, he was brilliant for sure, but he was like yeah. bipolar, I think, or something. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but but amazing. Amazing. Sometimes that's what it takes, I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like I've always been drawn to like the the weirder stuff. Like, you know, like Crispin Glover is one of my favorite actors. You know, and he makes yep. films, you know, He directs films and produces films, and like
0: they're nuts. Like, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've, I've never seen one, but I've heard a lot about them. They're crazy. Yeah, so, yeah. Um. Yeah. So you grew. You you lived in Austin, which is where Daniel Johnston got kind of got his start. Mm-hmm. So are you a Daniel Johnston fan?
1: Of course. Yeah.
0: Yes. I figured. What's not to like? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I. I Yeah, like that and the butthole surfers.
0: Yeah. And yeah'
1: coming out of there at this time and, you know, they're the cherubs and like these weird. I know Texas always had this weird punk rock right
0: yeah
1: it was always just kind of odd because it was you know we're kind of like down there in the south like yeah with all these rednecks yeah yeah
0: it's a trip it's a trip um yeah that was such a great time for music it was really amazing butthole surfers hanging out with daniel johnston you know it's like that's a great documentary that's why i brought it up because uh, the devil daniel johnston that's a really creative excellent documentary
1: yes definitely yeah i I really like that one and the same with like wesley willis like if you know if you've seen
0: there's a couple yeah daddy rock and roll i got that That (laughs) really good too (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's a couple on him um yeah he's amazing what a crazy world we live in uh okay anyway so so that's okay that's that's a good history now let's get into the gallery because this is uh uh this is this is your, your crowning achievement is the dark art emporium. It's, it's amazing. Did. It's amazing. I, t- I think I told you when I first saw it, this is, if I had a gallery, this is what it would look like. <laughs> it's kind of like the haunted mansion inside. It's fucking awesome. Amazing. So tell tell me, how did you start this gallery?
1: Um, I- well, I was telling you like that corn tour, um the lead singer eddie at one point was like man you like you just like art because when we were on tour i'd always like well where's the art museum like the oddity shop like the roadside attraction kind of place mm-hmm. that would do when we weren't working and you know he kind of put the bug in my head and so you know when we were not on the road like i'd go to hyena gallery you know and i was collecting oddities all over the road and art and and then I walked into Bill's at Hyena. It was like, "Hey, man! Like, I want to do what you want to, what you're doing." He's like, "Don't, don't do it! Don't do it!" <laughs> <laughs> so, I ended up doing it, and uh, you know, we opened the gallery. I guess it was a, a little over five years, like a month of five years. Wow, five years ago.
0: I didn't realize opened. it was that long. Wow.
1: And I started. We were in this tiny little, like, 600 square foot spot. One of the walls was concrete wall, which I had to drill every time I needed to hang an art piece. Which <laughs> hell. Yeah. Um, and so we were there for like six months, and it was weird, like I opened, not expecting anybody to really care. And the, I mean the community, Long Beach, just kind of backed me. Like we had the opening, the very first art opening there was like packed to the gills, like. Wow. It was, I mean, Um, and so probably about six months later, the reason I opened the gallery there was there was supposed to be a tattoo parlor opening on the corner, um, and they couldn't get their permits. So I mentioned to the landlady, I was like, Hey, can I take that spot over? Like when my lease is up? And she was like, how about now? I'm like, fuck. Like I just did the build out (laughs) a month ago, man. Like, I don't know if I can afford it, but I double the rent doubled the build out, you know, like, but I, I bit the bullet and tried it and it apparently worked. Yeah. Here. So, I mean, so, now we've moved, now we've moved again to an even bigger location, but.
0: Um, oh wait, but you're, 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 you're not on that, in that, on that corner place.
1: No, now we're behind the fourth horseman.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah. I yeah. knew that. I just haven't been there since. So I haven't like, made yeah, this the connection.
1: This new spot's classy. It's nice. Really? Yeah, it's really cool. Um yeah, but we opened like we did the regrand opening here the day before lockdown.
0: Right, yes. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> great, like the... great,
1: great timing. Great timing.
0: <laughs> Kind of perfect timing for a dark art gallery in a way, even though maybe not business wise.
1: Well, I mean
0: <laughs> conceptually. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I also think that maybe like if I'd had to go through the pandemic on that corner, I don't know if I would have stuck it out. Yeah. Like, cause I was month to month there. So I might've just said, fuck it. And, you know, wow. like, th- this is a pain in the ass. Like, fuck it. Um, cause it was such an uphill battle during last year, you know, like yeah. reinvent your business, like every week, depending on what they'll allow you to do. Um,
0: hmm. Yeah. Right. Right.
1: But now I'm stuck in a lease for three years here, so I I can't go anywhere. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, but the, so the I I'm curious about the 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 inception. You know uh, what what were the art? I mean, why dark art? Why the dark art Emporium? I mean, you could have opened any gallery. You know, it's like what 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 kind of drew you to to that.
1: Well, I mean, like, this stuff is what I like and what I collect, um, and it's what I know. Um, so, and I mean, like, I have zero history in, like, art in general, outside mm-hmm. of, like, mo- movies and music, but when it comes to, like, like knowing artists, like, you can start naming classical artists, and I probably know maybe, it's like, two of them, right. you know? <laughs> you know? Um, so it was just kind of, like, Fuck it! I'm gonna I'm gonna go and learn it, and then like the the dark art is what I like, and then I know I might have like shot myself in the foot calling it the Dark Art Emporium (laughs) a little bit.
0: I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You're but you're like one one of the first. This what's cool about the name of that place is that you are one of the first kind of public places to put it on a sign and put it as the name of your gallery. Like dark art was people were calling it dark art, you know, this whole dark art title thing. But it's like people yeah. were calling it that informally, but no one like that I know of was really putting it kind of out there as like an official, you know, an official title of a movement enough to name your gallery after it. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I don't know how it really came about i can't remember i was just kind of like you know i went through all these different you know i talked to all my friends and like what what should we call this place and, you know and i wanted it to be a safe place so like you know we started talking about like safe and like everything sounded corny
0: right <laughs>
1: i'm not gonna call it jeremy shot gallery like who gives right. a shit about that you know? <laughs> so like what am i gonna call this place and like well we're gonna show dark art like I mean, it's not just, ex- I mean, it's lowbrow and new content right. whatever label you want to put on it, but um, I knew that was kind of, I knew calling it dark art would kind of be, you know, like a, a big FU to everybody else, like, this is what we are.
0: Right, yeah. Let's
1: just embrace it, and if it works, it works. If it doesn't, then, you know, whatever. Um, you know, so- we'll, we'll see. I'm only five years old, you know, so- <laughs> We'll see if it maintains. Uh, it I have will. A few
0: too. Yeah, yeah, it will. I, I, I think it's cool because I, when I first heard about that, I was like, you know, uh, excited that you were naming it that because it's. I feel sort of like I've, I've been championing that name for a long time now, and and and. and you know people like it, artists like it, and then some artists don't like it or they didn't like it back in the day. And I was always kind of defending it, like this is what people are calling it anyway. Let's just yeah, go with it. It doesn't matter, <laughs> it doesn't really matter, it's descriptive enough. People know what you're talking about. That's what matters. Just having a way to talk about the artwork is yeah. you know, that's what 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 a name is um why a name is useful. But I thought that yeah. was cool. Like when I that you doing that gallery with that title, I was like okay you know it's like it's finally taking root it's happening you know people are accepting this t- name and, and and so i thought it was really kind of good for the community that you did that
1: well good well thank you like you know i i didn't know what to call it and then the, <laughs> like i can't really like my buddy was like you shouldn't call it gallery like come up with something better right like, <laughs> emporium like because we have the oddities you know I kind of learned, like, looking at galleries, too, like, you look at, like, Stranger Factory or La Luz. Um, like, having a little something else outside of just paintings on the wall kind of helps keep the lights on. You know, oh, know? for
0: sure. Yeah, yeah. So, at, like, at, yeah.
1: Thing, you know, like, you know, $5 keychains, like, that's going to help pay for a bunch of shit, you know, so...
0: Yeah, I could imagine. Yeah, I I know how it is, man. Um, I'm sure it's like, from what I gather, with galleries, especially art galleries, it's like they rely, they hope for, you know, of course they hope always to sell everything, but a lot of times the the shows that sell well will keep you going for the shows that don't, Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: and it's usually, you know, most shows don't don't (laughs) aren't the big sellers. You know, it's just like uh and it's so hard so hard to do so um that's smart to have kind of merchandise and things to to yeah. just keep and that yeah, can be fun that stuff's fun too
1: oh it's great you, you know? know like who doesn't want a human skull you know exactly
0: <laughs> exactly or a,
1: a second one you know
0: like right. <laughs> yeah so do you have a uh what what's what items are, are kind of bringing in the most money, what kind of stuff aside I mean, from,
1: I mean, art right now, actually, like we've been, I mean, granted, we, the gallery has been pretty much closed for a year outside of like this year, mm-hmm. but during the pandemic, like it was all art sales,
0: um, on, like uh, online art sales
1: on online art sales. Like, um, cause we started doing like the, the, uh, the 3d art tours, And then the online, like Facebook Live openings and stuff. Like we didn't, we had a year planned. Like we just kept trudging through, and you know it's kind of kind of fucked up to say, but it might have helped us a little bit, right? Because it opened us up to like more of a out of town people are finding us now. I think because we shifted so much online. Um. So, but before that, it's dead ducks. The dead ducks are the big sailor like these little taxidermy ducks that we oh,
0: okay. <laughs> i was like what <laughs> yeah we
1: have these little taxidermy 30 dollars ducks that everybody loves wow
0: they're cute wow. as
1: hell like i understand completely <laughs> we do monster palooza we'll go through like 50 of those guys you know
0: wow yeah so it's it's funny to, to there's it, you never can tell what's going to be your big seller <laughs> yeah
1: But like the books, like we, you know, we carry like, you know, occult books and, you know, art books and funny books. And that helps a lot, uh, you know, prints, lots of prints. Mm So, you know, so.
0: Yeah, that's the the business model of the future of today, I think, is diversifying into multiple, especially for a gallery. Um, Yeah. You know, I probably on my online store. you know, it's like, I've got all kinds of different things to try and you try and hit all the different price levels, you know, it's, it's different. It's a different time than, and it's a different scene too. Um having just these huge expensive art pieces to sell, you know, and banking everything on that, like a traditional gallery.
1: No. And that's what I, uh, we try to keep everything small here too. Like when mm-hmm. I, when I send out like invites to shows, like, you know, no size requirements, but right. we prefer it small because A, we don't have that much storage space. And then two on top of it is small. Like people, like a collector always has room for like an eight by 10.
0: Yeah. 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 Oh,
1: you know, like a four by three, like, you know, they're not going to, they're going to have to really love that painting in order right. to buy
0: it. Yeah. That's a, that's a real issue. I don't know where, I was just talking to someone, somebody about this, about I've, I've, um, I've had large, I, I've probably, I've lost sales because the person said, I don't have space. I really want yep. that, but it's too big. And it's like, it's a real concern. It's a, it's a, especially with collectors that have a lot of art, you know, they literally don't have any more room, so they can't buy. So small pieces are what, you know, they're more affordable. Uh, they're good for, for uh, new collectors since they're affor- more affordable to get their foot in the door and start collecting small and, yeah. uh, and like you said, it's like everybody's got, even if you've got a huge collection, you've got a spot for a small piece, yeah. you know? So it's, it's, it's smart. Um, yeah,
1: so that's, you know, that's kind of how we we try to, I, I mean, our price point is, you know, between 200 to $600 is really what we're selling here. Mm. You, you bring in the more expensive stuff, but on the day-to-day, like, you know, yesterday we sold a $200 painting, like off the right. wall. Like, that's easy. Right, you, right. People are gonna do that, you know. Right,
0: right. Yeah, that's um. cool. <clears throat> that's cool. And it's and it what's great about it too is it makes art this kind of art accessible. Mm-hmm. You know, because I always felt like I've always said this that dark art is really like uh it's it's like reg it's art for regular people. You, you know, I mean for mm-hmm. I, at least for like it's like working class people basically. It's for, yeah. it's 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 like uh you know, it's not elitist. It's very like, it's more affordable and it's, you know, uh, uh, I don't know. It's, it's not at least maybe, maybe that's just my perspective, but it seems like it's more of a kind of like a people's kind of art.
1: Well, it's even like just going to an art opening, you know, like a dark art opening. Like you look around, like it looks like you're a metal show, right? it's, (laughs) It's just dudes, you know, like, versus like you go to like the blue chip galleries where everybody's got crazy weird hair and they're like tutus and you know whatever weird shit they're wearing you know
0: yeah it's it's, it's it's more
1: just just people you know like yeah
0: yeah yeah i love it it's just one of the one of the aspects of it i like it's not pretentious and
1: no not at all you know yeah. and and this type of art too like like, it's, it's it's what speaks to you. Like, very rarely are you having... Like, I actually, I've had people come in and, like, look at the walls and, like, well, what's the investment piece? I'm like, I don't fucking know. Like, <laughs> like, like, I know that's not that my job as an art dealer to say that, but it's true. Like, if you like that, then that's the investment piece because it's going to make you happy.
0: Right. Like, yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, I don't know if in five years or not, like, this artist is going to take off. Like, there's no telling, but... If it makes you happy, that's the investment.
0: Right, right. That's, yourself- that's. yeah, yeah. That's, But that's the, uh, that's, I've been, you know, this last, since January, I've been, um, we talked about crypto and, and when we were at Gary's, mm-hmm. um, I, I started getting into crypto and getting interested in learning about it and finance and stocks and stuff like that since- I'm getting older and I'm just like, I can't keep just working. I got to somehow figure this whole finance thing out, you know? Um, and uh, um, one of the things when I was coming up, um, uh, Oh no, I'm sorry. That's a, that's a, that's a separate thing. I, I, one of the things they talk about in all these videos I've been watching are, is, you know, art is one of these investable assets you know, when you have like a diversified portfolio, it's like real estate stocks, hard assets, like gold or art. It's for, you know, for rich people, it's a place to park your money. That's not going to lose money to inflation. Yeah. The value is going to go up. And that's like, (laughs) nobody I know that collects dark art gives a shit about that. Even though it's like, it's a potential selling point. I remember what I I was going to say is I, you know, I, I, was learning about that when I was first becoming an artist from, uh, some art, some book I read on art business and just about the, you know, the, uh, financial aspect that it's, you buy this and you're going to have, and if you sell, sell it in the future, you're going to have more, more money than if you would have just kept it in the bank sitting there losing Mm -hmm. value because of inflation and stuff. Um, and it could be worth a lot more. Um, so I was, you know, I've always had that. Like I've went and when pitching my work to people, maybe that, that are new buyers, it's like, I'll mention that. And 99.9% of the time, they're like, I'm never going to sell it. It doesn't, you know, that's cool, but I'm never going to sell it. Cause it's like the people that like this kind of artwork, they're just, you know, I, it makes sense in a way, because if you're going to buy something like so weird, like this, if you're going to park money in something to make money, you probably put something in like more of a traditional some flowers or, you know, a still life of some, something traditional. I don't know. It's, 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 people are attracted to this kind of art. It's so niche, I I guess, that it attracts people that just love it. You know, it's, there's not like a, there's, I don't know any casual dark art buyers or collectors,
1: but there's a lot
0: of casual people that just collect art. I think, you know, but there's yeah. no, not dark art. It's like the people well, that buy that stuff, they're fucking totally like, I have to have this.
1: Yeah. Well, we need to convince those people that are buying for the investment to start buying dark art.
0: Right. So
1: well, that we can excel and, you know, rise with the tide. And
0: for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, we need uh, to
1: get that, 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 that world to like, take this seriously.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, it'll help. It would help if when someone asks what the investment piece you don't say, I don't fucking know. Let's <laughs> start.
1: Yeah, this <laughs> this guy wasn't buying anything. Was like a thirteen dollar pin from the. You know, like she wasn't buying anything. She was she was a nut.
0: Right. <laughs> I just I just had to make that joke, but. um <laughs> I totally agree with you though. I totally agree with you because, but the thing is, as with any cool movement, a real movement that's legitimate, like, you know, the punk scene or underground music scene, the metal scene before it, you know, it became popular. It's like, people with money are always the last to know what's what's really cool yeah. you know what i mean uh 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 i mean that's not necessarily true i suppose especially nowadays with all these kind of like weird billionaire tech people but um but it's like they they haven't clued into it yet so yeah it is kind of our job to i mean this is part of why i do the podcast too is and yeah. started the, the whole dark art society idea was like trying well, so-
1: to educate people yeah right, on what this is
0: yeah. right and why it's okay why it's okay to like it the, th- the person i always think about is the person that sees some weird-ass painting like any number of paintings you have on the wall behind you and they have like a a, a reaction that they like it but they won't even entertain the f- idea that they would hang it in their house because they're they've got this that hang up that oh that's weird you know that's yeah you know what i mean but you know we're all about embrace your weirdness because everyone's weird and uh, yeah you know it's okay it doesn't mean you're fucked up it actually probably means you're pretty cool
1: yeah well i i've <laughs> so like, i mean there's I've been like little old ladies that come in, in like, I, <laughs> and like i love that like, I, you know i welcome them i'm very nice to them and then like I need that. And like, oh man, I did not expect you. I expect you to come in, <laughs> leave within five minutes, and now you're buying a painting. Like, awesome,
0: <laughs> awesome. Those are some of my favorite sales. Is, is when, when it's someone that looks completely straight, like they would never buy a piece like like that. Those those are I feel like I you know when when they buy, it's like you know I feel like I've won, got you know won them over or won one yeah. for the team kind of. You know,
1: but I also I also get it here when people walk in like I didn't expect you behind the desk and like you right. know not <laughs> like, like, like weird creepy dude and like some dude, yeah
0: again you know? again you you prove my point the point I always make constantly on this podcast about uh that dark art people are always nice they're the nicest people they're all happy positive upbeat they're not. Creepy weirdos, and and you're a perfect example of that. Super nice guy, super happy, upbeat kind of yeah. guy. You know, <laughs> it's just funny. It cracks me up how that works out. Is there something healthy about what we're doing? That you know, yeah.
1: Well, we get the demons on the wall.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's got to be part of it. It's got to be part of it. It's some way we're, we're instead of bottling that stuff up. Yeah, we're uh Def- hanging it on the wall showing everybody hey it's okay it's okay to have it's okay. that yeah. you get can... it out of your
1: get it out of your brain and out of your heart and, you know right because <laughs> those demons like it's, like it's like music like playing music like you know i look pissed off and mean probably when i'm playing but like it's just getting that energy right out. yeah yeah oh like
0: yeah it's funny i want one of these uh do you ever watch those videos where they take like tribal people from Pakistan that live in these little tribal communities and they play them shit. Like they do VR on them for the first time and they do react, oh. you know, film them watching yep. whatever, do all kinds of st- first world kind of things and get their reaction. Mm-hmm. There's this one I was watching the other day. Um, they do stuff like they, they have a guy, you know, they have him watched Bob Ross painting and then they have him do a Bob Ross painting. And there was this one guy that just like this regular looking dude, middle-aged guy. And he was so, he, he loved painting. He, he did his Bob Ross, you know, and it was like, it was all right. It was just like a person who never painted. And he was so like, he just loved it. He'd never done it before. And the same guy, I watched a video where they were showing a, a metallic a Metallica live uh, song, them playing a song live. And they're showing all these, some of these people are like dressed in like tribal cro- clothes, oh. like hard, seriously, like uh, small communities. And that same dude who liked the painting, Mr. Normal, just looked like a normal Pakistani guy. He was, uh, uh, he saw the Metallica video. It's like a heavy song too. And he's like, yeah, it makes me it, it, translated. It makes me feel. It makes me feel relaxed. He said, <laughs> yeah. "It's like some of the other people didn't couldn't couldn't quite handle it, but he's like he totally got it. It was like yeah. soothing to him to see that and feel that yeah. aggression. It, uh, and that's how it works, I think.
1: Yeah, um, definitely. I think there's been studies about that. You know, like heavy metal dudes are usually." pretty well put together like right (laughs) they're mentally okay because because they get it all out with the music
0: yeah 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 i used to work with a guy who's who used to always tell me he's funny too. super laid back old older punk rocker um and he was like he reminded me of gary kind of gary pressman except way more like laid back and he and he used to say yeah yeah, he's talking about Gigi Allen. He always listen to G.G. Allen's headphones. He's like, it relaxes me.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> That's what I was like, Gigi Allen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but whatever floats your boat, you know.
1: Yeah. Whatever. Whatever does it for you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Another cool thing about the now uh, about the dark art community. As you know, I'm the dark art evangelist, so I'm always going to point yes. these things out. Um, self-appointed <laughs> dark art evangelist. <laughs> um, uh, it's such a supportive community. Like the fact that I met you the other day at Copro Gallery, and I was giving you a, a painting that you commissioned, that commissioned
1: yeah.
0: brokered yeah. for me to commission this Bro- NFT and and we were all hanging out talking you know and it's like it's there's not this you know it's not this big competition it's like everyone supports each other it's just like with hyena gallery you know it's like gary knows bill you know bill everyone's cool with each other
1: yeah no it's great i've been to hyena openings with gary and erica there right right The three tribes all
0: together, you know, like yeah, like a like peaceful this peaceful coexistence of these three tribes that all are kind of like doing their part for the greater good of the community. It's so cool. Yeah. It's so cool because I know other galleries. I mean, I know like I was. I don't know if we oh no, maybe I was talking to him after, but I know that like have galleries have spent sent spies like spies over to Gary's openings to kind of like. Do see what's going on in like yeah. a weird, underhanded way, you know?
1: No, yeah. when I spy, I'm just there. Like I just, like, hey, <laughs> <Yeah>. I'm spying.
0: <laughs> but everybody, yeah, everybody goes to see what what the other person has going on, but yeah, like, not with like bad intentions. To like... no I'm
1: joking, but yeah,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. I it, know. I, uh, I completely agree. Like I've never, I don't have any ill will with anybody. Like
0: right, the more,
1: I keep telling, like I have artists this show with me I tell them, like, don't just show with me, like hit up Gary, hit up, right. go anywhere else. Like too. like, right. I want you to go in with me, but I want you to branch out. Cause the more you branch out, the bigger you become with them, the more it helps me because people are going to look at your work and they're going to see that you showed with me as well. Right. You know, like I can only do so much, man. Like, you know, we only have such a reach that, you know right go to like please like show with them
0: yeah and, and it's sort of like everybody has their uh has their place in that you know mm-hmm. just there's different th- serving different it's like cannibal flower was you know this monthly i don't think they do it anymore it was like a monthly group show party that went on for a long time and it was like that was the place they f- served this such an important function in the whole la art underground art scene as a place to get your foot in the door to just start showing yeah and it was so i mean you know luke chu started there i started there all kinds of people started there and you know without them who knows you know i don't know that i would have gotten to where i am today and so um i think i just think you know copro is obviously the old Old guy, old guy gallery. It's been around forever, so they're kind of like the granddaddy. But it's like uh it's uh, uh it's hyena and you and copro each kind of like are are doing their part for this whole community, and it's like yeah, they're all equally valuable, you know what I mean?
1: And I think we all do something a little different enough totally. to where like it it's you know, we all do our own little thing, but you for know. sure.
0: Yeah, you I have know, your own identity. I to
1: Erica about doing like let's get a fucking festival. Like let's get all the dark art artists or galleries together and let's do something cool like that.
0: Yeah, like, yeah.
1: Like a retreat or, you know, whatever. Like yeah. I'd love to do something like that.
0: Totally, um, man.
1: You know, cuz we're all in this together and in you know, we don't need to fight over breadcrumbs. Like let's just all right. <laughs> let's Yeah, all I
0: run. guess Part of it, I, you know, I I suppose part of it might be because um, it's a small community and we're not all getting like huge bucks for everything. And usually when big money comes in, things get fucked up. But I believe that dark art will eventually get to that big dollar amount. I think it's just, it's going to be a legit movement. It's it's a slow and steady climb up. It's going to be considered important. I really believe that at you yeah. know, at some point. I,
1: I hope so. Like, cause we're trying. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, I, I really, I, I, I believe it. I believe it. And um, so. I mean,
1: just like here, like in Long Beach, like Long Beach is a very, you know, street arts really popular. Here. Right. Right. Like, you know, like that very local, like, I don't know how to describe it, but like, like local art, I know, know exactly
0: what you're talking about.
1: Because <laughs> um, we show people from all over the world, um, but since we've opened, like, a we were we were one of the first for-profit galleries to open in Long Beach. As oh, far wow. as I, um, most of them are nonprofits or community centers and stuff like that, um, but now, like, people, you know, when we were on that corner, we were the hub of the art walk. Like everybody had to stop and see what we were doing.
0: That's amazing.
1: Because we were doing weird stuff. Yeah. Whether it was something they liked or not, but you'd be surprised. Like most people would just kind of hang out. Like that was the kind of the scene um, because we were showing something a little different. It's not just, you know, paintings of flowers or landscape or, you know, a blue dot on a red canvas, you
0: know, like, (laughs) dirty underwear in the corner,
1: yeah right. or a hundred thousand yeah.
0: dollars a banana on it taped on a wall
1: well, that's our show in March
0: <laughs> <laughs> you just you have just an empty wall and and a and a, a a banana taped onto it, and then you could just be like it's it's all about engaging the viewer and to question their own values, yeah, be all serious. <laughs> <laughs>
1: The only reason you want to want to care about the art is because you have the the big wall of the the whole bio of the artist and then it's just doesn't the art has nothing to do with that bio <laughs> you know?
0: that would be a good piece of concept art for for that the art artist bio this long ass super pretentious artist bio that's the art that's the art piece
1: yep yeah. <laughs> i'm into that i really want to do it. I've been talking about doing a white wall show because you know our walls are black. Uh-huh. And <laughs> oh. And we'll just shittily paint white on the walls and then you know, <laughs> still show stuff, but this is the white.
0: Right. <laughs> well, I, I I yeah, I think it's you know, it's hard to it's hard to see it when when you're in the middle of it. And I think that, we kind of tend to take it for granted sometime, but I really think we're like, we're in that, we're in that butthole surfers time and the Daniel Johnston time for, for our scene, you know, like, like when the butthole surfers started getting popular in the underground, I feel like we're kind of in that, in, we have this real thing that's, that's just going to keep, it's going to grow and it's going to keep getting bigger and bigger. And, uh, yeah, and
1: we haven't yeah. put out pepper yet,
0: right? <laughs> it, it's coming, it's coming, <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. Our our uh, our MTV hit is yeah. coming. Where we, we don't all use
1: haven't been written yet, but we're working on it. What's right. that? She don't use jelly,
0: right? Yeah, <laughs> it's,
1: <not yet. laughs> it's going to come. Like we're going to be a, we're going to be a college radio hit really soon.
0: <laughs> I think we're at that college radio hit level right now i think okay. overall i think we're about to we're primed for the 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 uh, uh major labels
1: all right <laughs> Get on, be on atlantic soon
0: <laughs> but you know what i'm saying it's like when when you're in the middle of it it's just like all you you talk to these old punks like mike watt and you know they they were just into this exciting amazing scene and you know all these he's Iggy Watts or Iggy pops bass player now and totally this Mm -hmm. respected guy. I'm sure it makes a lot of money now just by sticking to his roots and uh, came out of this amazing scene that was like a special magic thing that doesn't happen too often. And that's what this scene is. I think.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think we're, we're on the, we're, we're getting there. Yeah. Just keep trudging ahead and just keep putting our best foot forward You know, yeah. It's you know, it's kind of hard to like, you know, talking to you now. You can I can sit back and like look at it, but like I'm hanging a show. Like I'm just, what's the next thing? Like I totally care anymore. Like like, yeah, yeah. Going, you know.
0: Yeah, that that was my point. It's like you know, until you stop and think about it, because I I'm the same way. It's like I got a fucking, I got a million things I got to get done, and I'm like. You know, I haven't taken a shower yet, and just like regular, it's like, a, a, you know, all this bu- regular bullshit. You, you don't realize how, how you're, and everybody listening to this podcast, it's like we're in a, you have to stop and, and realize what a special time this is because it's not going to always necessarily be like this. Cause as, as it gets bigger and bigger, it's just going to become a bigger thing. And right now, it's like we're sort of in that, in that, I don't know, we're in that it really a, a good spot exciting it's an exciting time and um,
1: hopefully in five years we're wearing me and you are wearing weird clothes at like the blue chip gallery
0: (laughs) yeah man
1: the the weird hair
0: (laughs) well you think about it people like Guillermo del Toro they've been buying this stuff there's this crossover with like comic book kind of art and that genre type stuff um so it's like these people that bought in early, it's eventually they're going to be the the big, big time collectors that got in, you know, just like buying a stock or a crypto really early, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, or buying a Mark Ryden, like for three grand or 15 yeah. bucks or something. And yeah, it's exciting. It's exciting. It's, it's, it's just weird. <laughs> Cause we're always just like you, me, Gary, everybody, Jeremy, it's like, we're all just fucking hanging on for dear life. You know, I just sold out this show, but it's going to, you know, in a couple months, I'm going to be like going, fuck, I got to come up with, some, you know, it's some more yeah. money because it's, it's just the way it goes. Cause there's, then you'll have nothing for a month or two. And, uh, yeah.
1: Oh, rinse, rinse, rinse coming up. I, <laughs> let's do a sale. Right. Exactly. I'm like, Hey, I'll hook you up real good.
0: <laughs> that's what I always, that's what I say. Say, I was like, you know, you always know when I have to, when my bills are due and I don't have enough money to cover them when I have a sale usually. (laughs) Well, yeah. So, uh, what do you, do you, I'm guessing, I know the answer to this, but do you have like any big plans? I'm guessing you're just kind of going with it and seeing and doing like me and just kind of following your nose. And
1: yeah, I mean, we have, you know, I have next year's shows booked. Um, Oh wow! You, I, I book, I book shows a year in advance, like so. I know, I know the features that we're going to do next year, um, and I know the themes of the group shows. Um, and then I just sent out an uh, an invite for our show in March. So, like, we book a year in advance. I learned pretty quickly. Yeah. In order to get like the people that I want to get, like I right. got to hit them. Um, That's so smart. I'm- so yeah, this actually this weekend's my last show this year, and then we're gonna go dark until March.
0: Um, are you are you closing the gallery down for that period, or are you, or are you just gonna?
1: No, we'll we'll be around. We'll be here. Um, You're just not just, gonna have
0: any shows.
1: Just no openings. openings. Like, January is a pretty bad month for art yeah. sales.
0: Yeah, terrible. And so
1: is, so is December. I've kind of learned.
0: Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. That's that. Maybe that.
1: Original art for Christmas, you know. That's they're buying that's cookies.
0: that's that's a good point, you know, because I have Christmas is like my biggest selling time of the year, but with my merch and prints yeah. and the stuff that's not originals, though. Yeah, yeah. So
1: I feel like if I do a show, I'm kind of doing a disservice to the artists that are painting original work. And right. Like probably going to sit here, man. Like, I mean, we might get one or two, but you know. So we just kind of like we kind of just hang out, keep, keep everything up on the walls and just go. That's cool. But but yeah, next year is pretty much booked. I've got, we're taking it a little easier next year, not month, every month. I'm going to take it a little bit slower just to kind of feel it out and kind of like, I mean, last year was a a motherfucker, you know, and then this year has been pretty rough too. So, yeah. So we're just kind of, Kind of, you know, we're working on it. We're doing good.
0: Good. Yeah, it's I mean, mean
1: next year's shows. The next year's lineup is like fuck. It's awesome. So
0: really?
1: yeah, it's gonna be. It's gonna be a good year for sure. Oh,
0: excellent! So, That's really,
1: great. Really excited about it. And know we're know gonna do, do a couple installations next year too, which I'm excited about. Oh, we haven't cool. done, moved because um, we used to do a lot of installations at the corner spot. So I'm really excited to get back into that.
0: Yeah, installations are great.
1: Yeah, we're doing one in in March. It's going to be called Trash. And uh, the name of the show is Trash. And we're going to turn the gallery into a squatter's house.
0: (laughs) Cool. (laughs) That was the final touch on my, um, when I did the dystopia show, when we painted it, made everything look like it was in the dystopia world. The final final touch of the inside of the gallery after painting all the drippy walls was just to get a bunch of trash and throw it all over in the corners and stuff it's yeah. like such a nice little touch it makes things yeah. look look all fucked up um yeah i might
1: um I, we have a couple free months next year too so i might throw a couple extra shows in as they come to me but you know um because i want to do more of that kind of stuff because we used to do it a lot right like when we every November was like a big show for us. Like we would do like innocent when you dream. And we had like a big piano with like lights and you know, right.
0: Right. I remember that
1: big fluffy clouds hanging from the ceiling and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. um, Giving, giving people a reason to come to an art show versus just seeing stuff on the wall.
0: Yep. Definitely
1: learning that You can't fight the selfie museum. So you can't what? (laughs) You can't fight the selfie museum. Oh right! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you can come in and take a photo.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: Tag us. You know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's great. You know, we what we didn't talk about um, is the the restaurant.
1: Oh yeah, Fourth Horseman.
0: Tell me about how did that come about? So,
1: Martin and Ryan, my business partners on that, um, they Martin was the founder of Phantom Carriage. And Carson, there it's a like a horror themed
0: brewery. Wow, cool!
1: And so he was leaving that project, and they came up with the Fourth Horseman Pizza Place, and they were sponsoring my art shows with their beer. And so they came up with the idea, and they were like, "Hey, what do you think of this?" I'm like, "Fuck, that sounds fun. Let's do it!" So, um so so we yeah in the front of the in front of the gallery. So the gallery's like to my left is the kitchen. Is the wall that ah,
0: the I keep? Kitchen. I keep thinking that you're in the old b- place. Yeah. It's so weird. Okay, so okay, yeah. go on. Sorry. So,
1: um, so yeah, the, it's like a horror heavy metal themed pizza parlor. Um, we have like a big projection screen that plays horror movies and heavy metals playing, and then uh,
0: um, sounds amazing.
1: And now our spot, if you're walking to the bathrooms, there's two bathrooms and there's a door that says DAE, and you open it up and then you're in here.
0: Wow. And, What's the uh, h- how much space you got compared to the old space
1: it's definitely bigger like it's bigger wall- than
0: the wow That's, oh yeah
1: here i'll show you we're here
0: yeah
1: oh shit i'm covering them so oh, wow it's huge wow just, the oddities room in here
0: oh my god this is amazing
1: yeah, it's really cool. Holy shit. Hey, come, in, come and check it out.
0: I know, I know. I got it. I started, um, after I had my show, it's like I didn't get COVID, even though I'm vaccinated. I've still, I've been so paranoid about it. I did my show and I was like, I'm starting to go back to shows now. Less, yeah. less afraid than I used to be. So
1: yeah, I got my <laughs> booster. Like,
0: yeah, I know. I got to get my booster too. Um, That's amazing, man. That's huge. Yeah,
1: it's it's huge <laughs> it's so cool huge. um so and you're getting and, all
0: that foot traffic from the restaurant as well it's like
1: that was kind of the thing the idea behind it is like like we were four blocks from where the pizza place was but you know everybody wants pizza and beer um, right and we hear it all the time like oh we came over here and now we're going fourth horseman like well fuck it let's just put it all in one spot you know
0: it's kind of genius
1: yeah so like we're open Friday, Saturday, Sundays, like on the weekends, because the weekdays are kind of slim. Mm-hmm. But I mean, there were like, you know, Saturdays over at the old spot that I'd sit there and like two people would walk in. But this place is packed with right. pizza people. So and it's really cool to watch people like open the DAE door like, holy shit, like <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally new world, you know, like. It's almost like a Meow Wolf kind of thing, you know?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Dark Art Meow Wolf. Yeah. That's so cool. Wow. Uh, And it's been working out well?
1: Yeah. I mean, like I said, we opened here the day before lockdown. Uh, So it
0: hasn't really had a chance even. So I
1: really don't know if it was a good or bad idea. (laughs) I mean, we're making it work. But um, yeah, that was nuts, man. We had a grand opening here. With May Moro from Japan, um, she flew out from Japan for her solo show here, and she was staying with me. And you know, we had the big opening, and you know, the grumblings of COVID was happening,
0: right? Um,
1: But I mean, there were probably like two hundred people in here; like it was a super spreader event for sure.
0: Wow! But we didn't
1: know, you know, right? And you know, I came to work the day, and then. You know, the mayor calls and says, hey, you guys are closed down, you know, on this big group phone call to the city. And then May Morrow, I come home to my place. She's staying in my guest room and she's like, my flight's canceled. Like, oh, fuck. Like, May Morrow's living with me now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God.
1: I mean, luckily, she got a flight the next couple uh, couple days later. Okay, Wasn't stuck in America for too long. But
0: that's crazy, man. Yeah wow
1: so and then i mean we were shut down for pretty much a year like we did appointments for a while whoa you know things got real sketchy you know obviously so wow man but yeah we'll see i think it's working people are finding us again you know that was the that's the problem is that we had that big event and everybody was all excited that we have this new space and then a year goes by and i think they forgot we were here
0: right you know? was was how was the you said that yeah it was a bit it was successful a lot of people showed up on the opening oh yeah a ton of people here yeah. wow okay. we are selling
1: art like crazy and like it was it was a good show and then wow now i think people are kind of still slowly finding us again like and you know it's still like you said like some people are still a little worried about going to art shows
0: yeah yeah um, i w- i was Oh no. No. Yeah, I, I, when I first did at the, my chaos show, I was like, not touching anybody. I didn't want anybody. And then people started hugging me. <laughs> I couldn't stop it at a certain yeah. point. And I was like, all right, I got my, I, I, you know, I'm, I've been vaccinated for a while. I've got my mask on. I'm not going to stress it. And, um, and then I, and then I don't know, there's it's just the psychological component. Cause I, I haven't been going out since COVID. Yeah. And I normally don't anyway, except to go to art shows here and yeah. there, you know? So for me, it was like, it it was kind of like a big step to do that. Um, so yeah. Yeah. You do it once and it gets easier. So I think that's, I think that's happening for a lot of people though. Yeah. So, so I imagine people are going to start showing up more. No, it's,
1: it's like, you know, playing in the band, like, you know, we're playing these little bars and, you know, there's no, masks once people start drinking. Right. Right. It, for a while there I was like nervous. It was like, I got all those shots. Like right I'm watching, Like I'm staying away from people. right. Most, but, you know, still right. but we can't mask on here for the openings. You know, like it's and now I think we we're supposed to have to check for vaccinations with LA County. Oh I really? If, I don't know if that happened or not. I think the you know, I think restaurants and everybody's supposed to start doing that. So
0: wow well yeah it's just everything's changed but that's great that you're able to survive it that's kind of amazing um wow okay yeah i i I feel like you're you're on a um you know (laughs) you're doing god's work (laughs) take it you, you know what i'm saying it's like you know you're doing the right thing. I think that uh, if, even if you're an atheist or whatever, you know what I'm saying. It's like you're doing you're doing like a, a righteous we're thing.
1: We're, we're going to do good things here, right, right,
0: right. So you've you're you're um you've got that good energy around you. Um, okay, one last thing before we go. I I um, interviewed Gary last week, and I asked him this as well, and um, I wanted to ask you what kind of advice would you give to people who want artists who are starting out that want to show in a gallery? Cause that's what I asked Gary. And um, it was an interesting answer. It was a little different than I thought it would be, but um, I'm curious, you know, you you've been doing this five years now. Um, are there things that you see artists do a lot that are not good for their career that, that screw them or are ways of, you know do people send you 100 megabyte files in your email it fucks it all up or or is are there things that like come up that that you could give as advice for you know not to make this mistake or things that are are good to do to try and get in a gallery maybe
1: um follow instructions (laughs) (laughs) On on our website like on the about page at the very bottom this is artist submission policy um i look at everything um and you know we found some artists through that for sure um artists oh. that are still going with us but
0: just people you know, that went and submitted they, in the traditional went, way
1: they followed the instructions they did their thing and i uh you know was like oh this guys are these guys are cool let's let's give them a shot um don't show up with art is a, a that's, one thing
0: gary said that too
1: <laughs> and that's happened um Um, if you don't know their submission policy, call or email and ask, like, Mm. are you accepting submissions?
0: Oh, that's a good one.
1: If so, like, how, how do I, um, know what gallery you're applying for? And if it makes sense, you know, like look at the gallery and see what they're showing. Like I get a lot of submissions. It's like, man, like, why would you want to show with us? Really? Yeah. Like your art's really good, but you're not what we do. Right. So, you know, no, like, why would you want to, like, you you should, you grab all landscapes, but why would you want to show with us? You know, like, we're not going to show you, A, and two, if we did, we don't have that audience, you know?
0: So
1: so I think that's a, you know, but I mean, I guess, like, if you're an artist and you're looking, if you have, like, you know, like, I'm a big Chet Zar fan. Well, where's Chet Zar showing? like what kind of art galleries is he showing i do work similar to his um i guess another thing is artists like find your own voice right um, Do like that's a that's a big thing is that i get a lot of submissions it's like man like it's cool but like i already have an artist that does the exact same thing as you right you know um i agree but I'm willing to give people a chance here. I mean, we're young, so, you know, I'm always looking for, I mean, I think I, I listened to a little bit of Gary's thing and I think he said the same thing. We're all looking for that big hit.
0: Right, right. Yeah, that was cool to hear because I didn't really, I never thought about it, but I imagine you guys are like, that's part of the job. You're, yeah. you're always looking at new art and trying to find yeah. someone doing something.
1: I want to I, I break out that artist and like, you know, give them that show or just like, you know, he's the new guy on the street that everybody's like, I can't get enough of what. Right. He's
0: doing. Right. Um, so. Yeah, that's that, very cool.
1: You know, that's kind of my advice, but really more than anything, it's just like follow directions. <laughs> 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 like. And don't get me wrong. Like, it's not just, it's not just new artists that do that. It's, it's very, yeah, stuff <laughs>
0: <laughs> definitely. I mean, this is like a, uh, it's like the, you know, there's, there's a few reasons, but it's like with that NFT thing, I'm sure you sent me directions that I didn't totally read or follow, but it, it, for me, it was like, and then, I think this is like this for a lot of artists. They They're like, juggling all kinds of stuff that's what's so hard is we're trying to keep you know and but the but it's like you're doing the same thing it so it's kind of but i i agree i I think that's great if you have these like clear submission lines and it's like read those and follow them and that's kind of like getting a foot in the door really you know because yeah, like like
1: on our website it says we do not accept digital art but then i get submissions for digital art like well right dude like it can be the best digital art in the world. Like we just don't show it. Like, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. You didn't read the directions. You yeah. didn't follow the directions.
1: You learned it in like junior high and high school.
0: <laughs> that's well, all you
1: went to school for—is to prove that you can listen to instruction. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah, and uh, that's 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 a, such a great point too about finding your own voice. I mean, it's so important. It's like, that should be the reason you're doing it is to have your own voice, you know? And it's like, I get that when you start off, you know, you sort of have to start somewhere. It's like my early stuff, my really early stuff is like, I was kind of like biting on Brahm and Bechinsky and Giger. And it's like, you know, I'm still influenced by those things. I've just, i I think I've turned it into my own thing. And it's like, that's all you need to do. You don't have to be like, do this thing that no one's ever, ever seen. You know, it's, it's okay to have influences as long as you make it your own. Everybody's got influences. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, uh,
1: there's only so many notes. You just have
0: to
1: put it in a different way.
0: Right. Right.
1: That is your own. Right. Um, So, I mean, that's, that's the main thing is sometimes I see a lot of artists that are submitting and it's like, like, it's cool, but like, you know, like I can name the artist that you just looked at and did. You
0: right. Know? Yeah. That's not a good thing. No, that's not like, a good thing.
1: <laughs> just be honest. Like, just do just do you, man. You know, so. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's why people that's why people want to see see your work. If they want to see your work. You know, they yeah. don't want to see you doing someone else's work if they want. They they'd rather see the person doing doing that work.
1: Yeah. And I think a lot of young artists too, like there's, you know, they're still finding out who they are as a person too. So true. like, you know, if I look at me at 20, like, like if I was just an artist, like I wouldn't know what the hell I am. Or
0: right. I am. Yeah. 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 I think it's, it, it's part of the process, I think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah.
1: So, well,
0: well That. that's, I think, I... Yeah, we're at like an hour and a half. Cool. So that's a good, good, good place to stop. I think. Um, any, any last words you want to say?
1: No, man. Thanks for having me. I didn't tell you. Um, so when I did open the Dark Art Emporium, when I was first opening, um, you know, I was collecting art here and there. But when I was opening, I was like, I have to have a piece from the Godfather of Dark Art. So that's <laughs> what Heartbreaker off of Gary. So you're the Chet Czar that I own is because I was opening the gallery.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. With the, with the heart. Yeah, heartbroken, heartbroken.
1: Heartbroken. That's what it is. Heartbroken. Yeah. So I, know, I don't know if I ever told you that, but like when I was first opening the gallery, it's like, I need a Chet Czar in my house for inspiration because <laughs> I'm, <going> <laughs> I'm going to have the guy.
0: Oh, that's so <laughs> cool. That's awesome. Yeah, someone showed me who is it? Someone just recently showed me that painting.
1: I love that painting, man. I w- look at it every day.
0: Oh, thanks. I do too. I, I, I love that character. Um, yeah. Someone showed me that and said that you owned it. And I was like, well, wow, I didn't even realize that. It was recently yeah. too. It was like a few weeks ago or something.
1: Yeah. It's behind my it's behind my couch. I break up my weed and look at it. Well, ah. <laughs> because it's like right where my weed drawer is. Perfect. <laughs>
0: Perfect. I love that. It
1: totally ties it all together. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I love that. Well, awesome. Well, uh, yeah. Thanks, thanks for coming on. Thanks, thanks for enough. doing. Yeah, uh, my pleasure. And thanks for sorry it took so long. And um, thank you for for doing what you're doing to the community. You know, I'm a big supporter of your gallery. I, 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 I you know, I send people there all the time. People asking, and uh, and and I think it's so cool that you named it the Dark Art Emporium. I really right. something that simple really helps to establish what we're doing. Just seeing no. it on an official business that's doing this kind of stuff. Not like hiding from the fact that you're showing dark art. You know, it's like, no, I love that.
1: magazines and everything, man. Like we're,
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like, that's the thing. It's like every time you take an ad out or promote, you're promoting dark art. Yep. Yeah. So that's amazing. So yeah. anyway, I just, uh, I really appreciate what what you're doing. I think it's great. I think it's important. I think it's oh, you know. and,
1: and i think what you're doing is so great for this community as well like this doing this podcast and like you know the patreon and everything like that like bringing everybody together is really cool like and kind of giving us this umbrella to like work underneath like is it's rad man like uh, thank you
0: oh yeah my pleasure that's all it was that's all that's all we needed that's yeah. why i did it it was the one thing it's like there's so much energy there. It's such people don't realize it's like such an amazing scene. There's so much going on. It's so much excitement and so much energy. So I'm glad I could, could do that. I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'm uh, honored to be able to do that. I feel privileged to be able to do that.
1: Well, thank you. Yeah. And anything you ever need from me and, or the gallery, like we're always here for you, man.
0: Uh, I appreciate it. I appreciate it with
1: your your supporters and the people listening. Like we're, we're here. We're a family.
0: Yeah. Yeah absolutely yeah absolutely get in touch get in touch and uh become part of the family the dark art and party and family yeah come on down. (laughs) same same here (laughs) you you know you know that though you know you're always free to that's how it is though that's what's so great about it it's like we're all supporting each other so anyway that's we're trying to wrap it up here i could keep going but we have to say goodbye to the audience because that's what i do at the end of every podcast and i hate it but now I've got OCD. So now I feel like I have to say it. So say goodbye, audience.
1: Goodbye, goodbye audience. I have to pee. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>